this is Heather from the media team at Word Alive. Have you heard us mention the term Houses of Light? It's more than your average small group. If you're looking for your next step, you can jump into Freedom Track anytime. For more on both of these, visit wayo.org. And if you haven't already, be sure to download our new Wayo app. This week's sermon is all about our turnaround season. Enjoy this message. Today I want to talk to you just for a moment about what I believe the Lord's speaking to us. I love to bring encouraging messages to the church, and, and I diligently try to make sure I've got something encouraging to say to us each and every week. But, but this season's a bit different, and today is especially different because I don't believe it's an encouraging message. I actually believe it's a word from God. And there's a difference. There's a difference between an encouraging message and something really God is saying in a particular season. And I really believe the Lord is speaking to us. In India, the Lord spoke to me as clearly as I ever heard a simple but profound word. And it was this, it's going to work. It's going to work. And I said, what's going to work? He said, everything's going to work. I said, what do you mean? He said, people's marriages are going to work. People's ministries are going to work. People's careers are going to work. People's businesses are going to work. People's gifts are going to work. People are going to work. Everything's going to work. I said, what do you mean it's going to work, Lord? He said, because Romans 8 and 28 says, For you know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Secondly, he gave me Philippians 2 and 13 that says something like this, For it is God working in you, both the will and to do his good pleasure. And let me tell you something, when God stops, starts working, you can't stop him. And then Philippians 1 and 6 says, God who began a good work in you, he's going to finish it. And I'm just telling you, I believe that God is speaking to us. It's going to work. So touch three more people that you missed last time and tell them it's going to work. Tell them it's going to work. It's going to work. Tell them like you mean it. It's going to work. Now, the Lord gave me a specific word for today, this Passover. This is a prophetic word. It's a turnaround season. Our appointed time for a turnaround. Is there anybody in this house today that needs God to turn something around for you? I'm glad the right crowd showed up this Sunday morning. Look at this scripture, Matthew 26, 18. Jesus speaking. Jesus said, my appointed time is near. I am going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. Isn't it wild that even the Passover lamb himself celebrated Passover? Can you imagine what it had been like celebrating Passover with the Passover lamb? Sit at the same table with the lamb that they were prophesying would come and went out after this meal and died on the cross and performed the work of the lamb that took away the sins of the world. Why is that important to us? Because it's important that we connect Jesus to Passover. Our Western culture disconnects Jesus from Passover in most places. We celebrate you normally, what, what, the, what the Western church terms Easter, which is fine. Resurrection Sunday, which is fine. But we can't disconnect Passover because unfortunately when we do, we lose the power of the moment. A lot of people in the West celebrate Easter, but they don't, sell, but they don't experience the power of it. Are you following me? What is Passover? Passover was what God instituted. God instituted the feast of Passover when he led his people out of slavery in Egypt to begin their journey to the promised land, a land flowing with milk and with honey. This is something that God instituted, and when Jesus came to die on the cross, he was to fulfill Passover. What, they, what Matt said was so important. Passover for us comes every year. Why does God say to celebrate every year? Because every year he's wanting to take you more out of Egypt and more into his kingdom purposes. 
I mean, I think we can all be honest. Part of me, part of Kent is out of Egypt. But part of Kent is still in Egypt. And each year, God seems to be taking Kent more out of Egypt and more into God. And more out of Egypt and more into God. And more out of Egypt and more into God. So God says, just keep celebrating it. And every time you celebrate it, it's not celebrating where I, I'm not celebrating today because I'm as free as I want to be. I'm celebrating today because I know God wants to set me totally free and move me forward into my future. Are you tracking with me? And when you connect Passover to that, it's powerful. Why? Track with me. If, if, if people under slavery in hard circumstances like Israel and Egypt had faith in a lamb. Listen to me. Faith in a promised lamb, not the lamb, a lamb. But somehow their faith in a lamb was powerful enough to cause the death angel to pass over and break the power of Pharaoh and loose them from their bondage. And it says they came out of Israel, not one sick among their tribes, not one feeble, and left with the wealth of the Egyptians. My point to you today, if they could do that under the law with a regular animal, how much more you and I under grace, not with the blood of a goat or animal, but with the blood of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, how much more power can we receive today to exit. Why? Today's about power. Today's about power. And I understand that, you know, we're supposed to be conservative sometimes on Easter because we got visitors, but I want y'all visitors to even know today's about power. Why? You know, Easter, Easter is actually only mentioned in the Bible one time and in context. It's not even talking about Easter, it's talking about Passover. Easter is actually a god, a goddess of Eshtar. The God of fertility. It's actually a pagan thing. And, 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 but hey, listen, I'm all about eggs. I love eggs. Love hunting them. Love finding them. I love hiding, hiding them and finding them. I, I, I'm not opposed to going and eating the bunny's chocolate head off, you know, as soon as we get out. I love chocolate. And God knows I love jelly beans. But the only problem with that is when that is all Easter is for you, there is no power in that. And I'm here to tell you today, there is power available today through the Passover lamb to get out of Egypt and walk into your promises. How do we celebrate? Three times a year. It says, bring all, 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 all the people gather. You're at the right place at the right time. It says, what we do is we gather together three times a year, God said. You know, I've heard God works in mysterious ways. No, he doesn't. That's not even in the Bible. God does not work in mysterious ways. He's already laid out everything we need to know in the Bible, told us how to live, told us where to be, when to be there, and what to do when we get there. My people perish for lack of knowledge. So some of you believed the Bible and showed up today because you said, God said, show up. So you showed up today, and God said, when you show up at these three times of your Passover, Pentecost, Tabernacles, come and don't come empty-handed. Most of us today brought a Passover offering with us or a first fruit seed to put in the ground because we know that this is an important time of year and how we move in faith now will move us into our future. See, and this is something that really helped me. Aiden, my friend's here from England, visited me, who I love dearly, and he said something very powerful yesterday. He said, Kent, the love of God is unconditional. He said, but his promises aren't. His promises aren't. He said, God loves everybody. That's unconditional. He said, but his promises are conditional. 
That's why he said, obey your parents, and you'll live a long life on the earth. His promises come with, because that's why it says it's impossible to please God without faith. But if you come to God, you must believe that he is God and that he is a rewarder of those who don't just sing him. So why are we coming without empty? We're coming with something in our hands because we're saying, God, I got faith. I got faith in you. I got faith in your promises. I got faith in your provision. And I believe as I sow that you will move me out of my bondage and take me into my freedom. It's an act of faith. And so in just a few moments, we're going to move in that, and we're going to worship God radically a little bit more, and we're going to give a first fruits offering, and we're going to say, God, we're moving this year. Now, most of us came prepared, but some of you may not have prepared. So that's okay. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm going to need some cash in a minute. Tell them, I'm going to need some cash in a minute because I'm going to get some seed in the ground. Tell them, just go and tell them, I'm going to need a little bit of cash. Tell them, I'll catch you at Pentecost when we get there 50 days from now. I'll catch you at Pentecost when I get my harvest. Here's what exciting, too. I'm not saying sow a seed today as we move in faith. You know, just randomly wishing or hoping. God says if you sow at Passover, by 50 days later, by Pentecost, you should be seeing the first of the harvest. And by fall, you should have your whole harvest in this year. God wants to take you every year to a brand new harvest of your life. And things, and spiritual things, and things, and money, and things money cannot buy. Right? Faith without works is dead. So we're going to move in faith in a little bit. But I know what some of you may be saying. Just like Boyd and Misty testified. Misty said, I sit here three Passovers. Can you imagine hearing everybody else's story? God, but when is it going to be my time? And I understand that. I understand there's a lot of friends of mine in my own life. And some of my family, it's been a decade of delay. Lord, when is it going to be my time? When, 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 when is this going to happen to me? Can you imagine how long were they in Egypt? 430 years. They were held as slaves. That's a long, long time to wait before being set free. But before they could possess their promised land, they had to break free from the enemy who was holding them captive. I'm here to prophesy to you today. I believe the time of delay has come to an end. I believe we're in not only an accepted time, but we're in a prophetic moment in the earth where God is testifying to us that there is a now season, a kairos moment on us, and there's a season we're in right now that we do not want to miss this opportunity because now is the time for God to move us forward. And I got a scripture for somebody today. Here's what it says. Unrelenting disappointment leaves your heart sick, but a sudden good break can turn your life around. I want you to touch about five people. Tell them, get ready. Say, get ready for a big break. Tell them, get ready for a big break. Tell them, get ready for a turnaround. Come on. I feel that. I feel that in the atmosphere. I feel it in the atmosphere. And not only do I believe this because we're at the right time at the right place at Passover, I believe because, see, I believe God is speaking. And God is speaking even through uh, natural circumstances. God is speaking through current events. And unfortunately, we miss God because a lot of us are asleep spiritually. We're not listening to the Holy Spirit. And so when we see a headline... It might not mean anything to, to us, but some people that's tuned into the Spirit, they, they feel the Spirit of God on it. And there's some events I want to tell you about briefly that, that, that current circumstances are telling me God is moving in people's lives that are up against all odds. Here's one against all odds on November 2nd, 2016. Chicago Cubs win World Series after 108 years. Now everybody just thought, well, that's just a statistic and a sports thing. No. That's God, I believe, speaking 
They won eight to seven in game seven coming back. Just if you're a Cubs fan, I thought I'd cover all the details. Coming back from a three to one deficit. We thought, well, that's just, well, if it would have been the only one, I might have agreed. But then on June 19th, 2016, the Cleveland Cavaliers won the NBA championship in a game seven, uh, in game seven against all odds. Somebody say against all odds. They came back from a 3-1 deficit to defeat the Golden State Warriors, which had never been done in the history of the NBA. Well, if that had been enough, well, okay, but how about this? On February 5th, 2017, the New England Patriots come along, won the Super Bowl, beating the Atlanta Falcons. I was disappointed by it, but that's beside the point. And they did it in overtime. No team has ever come back from a 21-point deficit, but against all odds. The Patriots did. And beyond that, there's never been an overtime game in the history of the Super Bowl. Now, when I see this stuff, I say, wait a minute, Kent, wake up. God might be saying something. If that's not enough, Sergio Garcia wins the Masters this year after a 20-year drought, and the headlines say, finally, a breakthrough. Now, I know some of you thought, well, that's just good for Sergio, not me. I thought, God's speaking, finally a breakthrough. Finally, somebody got through. Finally, somebody made it through. See, God, I receive that, that God is speaking that finally somebody's going to get a breakthrough. Nobody predicted the British would vote themselves out of the EU, but against all odds. On June 24, 2016, England voted to leave the European Union. There wasn't a single straw poll that predicted Trump to win. Whether you like him or not, voted for him or not, that's not the point. The point is, it was supernatural. The day of the election, he was down on the polls as much as 12 points. We went to bed that night hearing this. There is no plausible path to victory. And we woke up the next morning, and he's the blinking president of the United States. You say, how did that happen? Against all odds. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Whether you like him or not, it's not the point. The point is, what God wants to do, he'll do whenever he's ready to do it. And I'm here to tell you, now is the time of God's salvation. Now is the time of God's favor. Now is the time to break through. And now is our moment to move with God. Somebody shout now. now. Man, this crowd's getting it. What is a turnaround? It's an act or an instance of turning and moving in the opposite direction. The definition in whatever, not Wikipedia, what is it? Webster's good enough. Describes a turnaround as a space in your driveway that you have room to get turned around in so you can go the opposite direction. Man, when I said that early service, and I feel it again right now, God's making somebody some space today. You feel like you're on a road you can't get off of. You feel like you're going in a direction you can't turn around. But in this moment on Passover Sunday, God's about to make somebody some space in the spirit, and you're going to get turned around, and you're going to get headed a different direction today. Push your neighbor out of the way say, excuse me, I'm about to get some space. Tell him I'm about to get some space. The word Egypt, literally translated, is constricted. Somebody here feels constricted. The enemy's got you hedged in. I'm just going to hang here a minute if that's all right. Enemy's got you hedged in. Got you thinking you're just going to have to continue that route of addiction because it's taking you this far and you can't get turned around. You're too far gone. 
Some of you are in sin and it's taken you further than you wanted to go. It's kept you longer than you wanted to stay. And it's cost you more than you ever wanted to pay. But I'm here to tell you today, there's some space about to get around you. And you're going to get a turnaround today in this service. My Bible says God has sent me to open your eyes to turn you from darkness to light, from the power of God to Satan, or Satan to the power of God, that you may receive release. Not forgiveness. You've already been forgiven. That happened 2,000 years ago on the cross. But I'm here today. Yes, 2,000 years ago the work was done, but today is your day of release. Not just your sins are forgiven and you're going to keep struggling. Release. You get released from In other words, you leave and you wake up in the morning and you don't want to do that anymore. Not I'm forgiven and i got to go try to figure out how to not do it again. You're released. My God. Hang on a minute. Man. That's good. And as well as that, place you among those who are made holy through trusting God. Turn around, what is it? It's an abrupt or unexpected change in circumstances, especially for a more favorable situation. Some of us has just had circumstances for a decade. And I don't know about you, but even the last two days, it's like the, the devil just wanted to keep lobbing something at me, just like... Like, don't you think you're going to pass, pass? Don't you think you're going to, don't you think these circumstances are going to change? I said, you pray? No, I said, shut up. <laughs> Just shut up. Because I'm telling you, I'm going over. This is my season. This is my time to turn around. This is my time for some things to turn in my life. So this is some time for some lack to get off of me and some abundance to get on me. This is some time for some, for some favor to get up on me. This is some time for some, some God stuff to get up on my life and on my family because this is our season. You've turned my morning into dancing. You've taken off my clothes of mourning and you put me on some clothes of joy. Somebody's about to get a change of clothes this morning. Somebody came in here with heaviness, you're going you're gonna to leave with a garment of praise. Somebody came sad, you're about to leave happy. Somebody leave depressed, you're about to leave full of joy. I'm telling you, it's a turnaround time. It's a turnaround time. Now, if that's not enough for you, this blessed me. I told you two weeks ago, Death Valley National Park was poised for a super bloom. Did y'all hear that? Look, that's what Death Valley National Park is, uh, looks like on a, as a harvest. So that's a normal year in Death Valley. For the last decade, it's been like that. That's what it looks like this time of year, one flower, one flower. Here's what they said about it in Death Valley. It says there's so many seeds out there just waiting to sprout, just waiting to grow. They said, I had no idea there was so much out there. He says in the clip, these areas that are normally just rock, just soil, just barren, not even shrubs, they're filled with life. Hold there just a minute. I was at Chuck Pierce's preaching yesterday in Texas. I released the word about now is the time. Chuck got it right behind me prophesied dormant seeds. 
that are in people's lives and hearts, promises from decade ago that God told you that he was going to do, that you thought you messed it up, that you thought that you caused it not to happen, you thought your sin somehow blocked the promises of God, you thought that somehow that thing died in you. My Bible says unless a seed goes into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it gets in there and dies, here's the good news. Today is the day of resurrection, and that thing's about to come back alive just like Jesus got out of the grave. Those promises are about to come back alive in somebody and I'm here to prophesy to somebody you got some dormant seeds that have been sown in you and some seeds you have sown and they're about to come to life in this season in Jesus' name. While you're standing rejoicing, let me show you what happened Good Friday. This is Death Valley on Good Friday. That's this Good Friday, Death Valley. That's not coming. That's not happening. That's this Good Friday, Death Valley right there. Look at it. A super bloom. A super bloom. A super bloom. You say, how in the world did that happen? It says it had a decade of intense heat and limited precipitation and no wind. I said, that's my decade. That's my past decade. In my past decade, all I've had is intense heat. Come on, anybody else there with me? Limited precipitation, like just enough, just enough strength, just enough money, just enough joy, but no overflow, and no wind. Why, well, I feel like I'm going nowhere. We thought it was because we were stuck. Uh-uh, God just was getting the conditions right for letting all the seed that's in us getting ready, and I'm here to prophesy to somebody there's coming a resurrection of some seeds of destiny and purpose this morning in our midst. God's about to do something. God's about to shake something loose. God's about to resurrect something in your life. And it's going to start today in Jesus' name. All right, sit back down because we only got about 20% of you so far. I'm going to let everybody else catch you. By the way, this will stagger you, staggered me. Only 20% of Israel left Egypt. Everybody didn't leave. That's, that's Jewish history. 20% left. 80% stayed, didn't believe. And got scattered to all the other nations. That's where the lost tribes are. I don't expect everybody to grab hold of it, but I got to be faithful to God to preach it to those who want it. Because I know some of you will sit here and say, well, you know, it's just, well, that was an interesting sermon. And you'll go on back down to your business. And some will say, well, it's, it's first fruits again. I understand. Believe me, I got, I, I know, I'm there. I've been there with you. And you'll just put it off like, well, we've heard this for a decade that something good's going to happen. What if this is the time? Here, here's why I look. What if this is the time? What if this is the moment? What if God actually gives you space to turn around this year and follow Him? What if circumstances change? What if this is harvest time? I don't want to miss it. And I'll risk it not to miss it. I'll risk it not to miss it. 
I believe it's a word from God. I believe it's all testifying to, to what God's, God's wanting to do. When I was in India, I was praying about this moment just a few weeks ago. God spoke as clear as I've ever heard anything about it's going to work. And he gave me a song. And it's an old song. I think it's Fred Hammond. Uh, that blessed, you know. Somebody say, blessed, blessed. Lady, lady in the midnight hour. God's going to turn it around. It's going to work in your favor. Yeah. You know. I said, Lord, what's this about? He said, on Passover, during the time of ministry and giving and releasing faith, I want y'all to do that song. Just want you to sing it and do it and proclaim it. So in a few minutes, we're going to do that, but it, don't, don't miss it because it's not a song that we're just trying to sing. I believe it's what God said do. And I believe there's some words in it that's going to connect with you, that's going to move you in this season because that's what happened to me. And I believe God's going to turn some things around. And so in just a moment, to sell it, finish this celebration, we're going to give radically our precious seed. That's something we do every Passover. We're going to worship because I, God spoke to me in India. said, Kent, do you know when Passover happened? I said, when's that, Lord? He said, midnight. I said, is that right? Like God don't know. But I went to the Bible and looked it up. And sure enough, in Exodus, it says, this is what the Lord says about midnight tonight. I'm going to go through Egypt. I looked up the word midnight. That's not 12. That's any time between dark and day. I don't know about you, but I know there's some people here. You're between dark and day. And you've been making progress, but you're still between dark and day. And you're coming past midnight. But I got news. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy is coming in the morning to somebody in this house. It says it was midnight and Paul and Silas were in prison and they started praising God at midnight, sometime between night and day. It says suddenly a great earthquake came. The foundations of the prison were shaken. Immediately the doors were opened and everyone's chains fell off. I believe in a few moments we're going to praise God radically. We're going to, we're going to kick this song off in a minute. And we're going to, uh, in some moment we'll pause, we'll give. Then we'll make a declaration and then we're just going to release whatever God's got for us to have. And we're just doing it by obedience. Because God said, show up, don't show up empty-handed, radically play, praise me, make declarations, and I'll meet you, and I'll give you momentum to move into your future under the blessings that I want you to have. I feel a great urgency for families that generational curses are going to be broken in a moment. Marriages are going to be healed. Prodigals are going to come home. Children and grandchildren are going to be saved from destruction. It's going to happen in a moment. A generational blessing, a relentless generational blessings. We always talk about the generational curses. How about the generational blessings? I'm talking about the next few moments. I believe something's about something, something's about to fall on some families, and for generations you won't be able to shake it off. Why? Because somebody someday stood up at the right moment and made an offer of faith and made a declaration said, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And we're saying generational blessings are coming on me and my family and those that belong to my household.
The only thing different I want to happen is when we give this time, I want us to come and do this before we give. And say, Lord, it's going to turn. It's going to turn to me for a testimony. It's going to turn. I walked in here Friday night, worship. We're having it now once a month. 300 people were here Friday night worshiping Jesus for four hours. It was the most staggering event. Just vertical. Musicians in a circle just worshiping Jesus. And His presence filled the whole connection. And I'm sitting there, and I, Bev and I were standing there in this awesome worship. And I grabbed her hand. I said, Bev, this is our dream. Okay, so God told us, build it now, come. I always thought that was you. And I was saying, Lord, they're already here. He said, that's what I was talking about. He said, don't you remember the movie Field of Dreams? It wasn't the crowds that were coming. It was the unseen ones that were coming. He said, your worship is bringing the unseen ones here. The angels, the cloud of witnesses, the spiritual beings that are coming in our atmosphere, in our territory. Can't you feel them here this morning? Can't you feel some help around you this morning? Can't you feel some angels making some space around you this morning to get you turned around? Can't you feel a, something in a spiritual realm happening? I said, Bill, this is our dream being fulfilled that this place would be that place of worship in a Hosting the presence of God. As soon as I said that, the Lord said, that's because 120, Psalm 126 is being fulfilled in your midst. That says, when the Lord turned the captivity of Zion, we were like men that dreamed. Our mouth was filled with laughter. Our tongue was singing. Among the heathen, they said, the Lord has done great things for them. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. I was standing there and the Lord said, I'm about to turn so many people's lives around. People are going to come just to hear what I'm doing. The heathen are going to come just to watch you worship. Some of you are going to have to wake up in the next few days and pitch yourself and say, I must be dreaming because I can't believe what God has done in my life in just these, that, these, these, these few days. God is going to turn some captivity this morning as the streams in the south as we move forward in this time and this season in Jesus' name. I hope you enjoyed this message. For more content like this, please visit wordalive.tv or download the new Wayo app. Have a great week.